welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, where we explore the mindset, behavior, and success strategies of high-achieving women. It's an inspirational show that helps ambitious women to maximize their performance from the inside out and thrive in the world of business. I'm your host, Shona Rowan, high-performance coach, inspirational speaker, and author of the book, The Psychology of Successful Women. On this month's episode of the Psychology of Successful Women podcast, it was my huge pleasure to speak with Belinda Wong. We had a great conversation about her career journey, and she shared lots of practical tips to help other women overcome imposter syndrome, build a strong personal brand, and grow their network. We also spoke about why hard work is not enough to guarantee a successful career, her passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion, her love of the law, and so much more. So, Belinda, welcome to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. I'm really looking forward to our conversation today. Thanks, Shane. I'm really happy to be here. Yeah, well, to get started, I would love you to tell our listeners about your career journey, all leading up to your current role as Special Counsel at CAUSE. And I'm personally curious, Belinda, did you always know you wanted to be a lawyer? Okay. So as a kid, I always thought I'd become a doctor. So I'm from a family of doctors. My dad's a doctor. I have three siblings. They're all doctors. And I originally got into medical school at Trinity College in Dublin. Yeah. But even as an 18-year-old, I knew deep down that I wasn't cut out to be a doctor. I did not love germs or bodily (laughs) fluids. (laughs) Um, and I knew it just didn't suit me. So I've always had a strong sense of right and wrong, just a love of words and a love of debating. So I decided to give law a go. So I went to law school. Uh, After graduating from law school, I became a litigator quite quickly. Um, I really enjoy the adrenaline rush of litigation, Um, but I did feel a little bit lost because I didn't, know which area of the law, like what type of litigator I wanted to become. So there was a bit of kismet. I went to an interview at a top-tier firm as a general litigator and it seemed to go well, but I got a call from HR afterwards and they said the interview was fine, but we don't think you would be a fantastic personality match with the partner that you just met. We have an opening in construction disputes. We have another partner that we think you get along with really well. We know you're a general litigator, but would you consider becoming a construction dispute specialist instead? And I thought, okay, I'll give this a go. Um, And I guess the rest is history. So I hit it Mm. off with the partner and really loved working in construction I love the scale of the projects, how complicated they are, how no case is the same. Um, As a little girl, this sounds a little stereotypical, but I never dreamed that I'd become an adult who knows how to put together a gas turbine or (laughs) lay kilometres of roads in the country or um, build a hospital. But here we are and I just haven't looked back since. Mm. Oh, I love hearing that about your career journey. And I didn't know you wanted to be a doctor, but that's funny what you said about germs. I definitely think you need a certain personality type, but you found you found your groove, right? And you love what you do. So thank you for sharing that. 
Now, you have built a really strong personal brand and profile, Belinda, across WA. And personal branding is something I help a lot of my coaching clients with and get asked about all the time. So I was wondering if you could share some more with our listeners about how you've done this and like, was it a conscious thing? Tell us more about how you've built such a great brand and profile. Oh, thanks for your kind words. Oh, you're welcome. Um, I don't think it was necessarily a conscious thing, but I do think a personal brand does have to be built off what you're passionate about. Mm. Uh, people sense when you're not being authentic to yourself. So trying to build a personal brand um, of something that you're not actually interested in, um, I think it'll show. Um, yeah. So I've got two things that I think make up my personal brand. And the first is diversity and inclusion. Um, So I'm the president of the Western Australian branch of the Asian Australian Lawyers Association, um, and I sit on the committee for Lighthouse Club, which is a charity that raises money for young people facing educational disadvantage to get them scholarships. And I'm on several committees promoting diversity and inclusion at Cause Chambers Westgarth, where I work. Um, And I just love speaking about how we can get to a more equitable and diverse world. Um, I'm also interested in construction law. Um, So part of building your professional brand when you're doing the same work every day um, is to show people what you can do and your drive to succeed. Um, I find you really need to find your niche in the law. Um, It's a very demanding profession, so you have to make sure that the area you settle in inspires you. Um, so that goes for every profession. Um, but every matter, every client for me is a chance to develop my brand and to show people what I can do. Um, just back on to my love of committees, I'm also on the Society of Construction Law Australia Committee, uh, which disseminates information about developments in construction law in the Asia-Pacific region. So I really like what you said then, Belinda, about the importance of authenticity when it comes to building your personal brand. You know, I so agree with you. People by people. And so it's about, you know, showing people who you really are and what you're passionate about. And you shared a whole lot of your values and passions there around diversity and inclusion, which you and me have obviously connected on and lots of the other great uh, committees and associations you're a part of, which I will get you to share more about at the end, actually, because I'd also love to connect people to them so they can find out more. So I love psychology, Belinda, as many of our listeners do, and I'm fascinated by how our own thoughts and beliefs, you know, can impact our feelings, our behaviour and our results in our career or in our business. And one of the things that many of my clients ask me about is imposter syndrome and dealing with self-doubt. And it's something that I've had to confront, you know, throughout my career, first as a business owner and more recently when I wrote my book, as you know. So, you know, have you struggled with self-confidence or imposter syndrome in your career? And maybe share with us a bit more about that and how you've overcome that or made sure it didn't hold you back. I definitely get imposter syndrome and doubt myself. And I think... It's especially an issue where you look around and you're coming up through the ranks and you don't see anyone who looks like you or has the same background as you. The saying, you can't be what you can't see, is really apt. And Mm. so imposter syndrome tends to set in because you're looking around the room and you're thinking, I I don't fit in. Um, You know, I'm literally... An imposter here. 
but um, I have developed some ways that help me. Um, so I pick someone that I admire and I think, what would they do? Mm. And there are a couple of people that I really look up to um, in different areas of my life. They're construction lawyers, they're women of colour, and if I put them in the situation I'm in and think about um, just their decisions and how they'd feel and then I just act on it, it mm. tends to get really good results. Um, right. also, you, <laughs> you also have to have a inner positive cheerleader who just says, calm down, don't panic, you've got this. And you've just got to fake it till you make it. And in time, you you do build confidence and a sense that you know what you're doing and you belong at the table. And lastly, you need an amazing support network inside and outside of your field. So you need those cheerleaders um, in your office with you telling you that you're doing an amazing job. And you also need friends and family outside who have more of an objective view on you as a person rather than the career woman Um, and they can give you some nurturing and love and positivity that's different to the ones your colleagues can give you and I also recommend coaching Um, so I have a certain amazing coach called Shona. (laughs) Oh oh, that's very kind of you to mention. and and I think, um, you know, I've learnt a lot about getting over imposter syndrome and especially not measuring myself against other people um, from our sessions, which was a huge problem that plagued me and feeds into imposter syndrome. So I recommend coaching as well. You said so many great things in there, though. I love the one around, you know, you can't be what you can't see because that's one of the things with imposter syndrome. Like it's much more common to say women working in male-dominated industries and it really strikes the people that are kind of, yeah, they're alone. So that could be gender, cultural background, you know, anything that makes you feel like you're the only one or one of a small group, you know, and then that sense of not belonging really kicks in. So I like that you sort of flag that. And that's why having positive role models, you know, is so, so key. Um, the self-talk or, you know, inner cheerleader, absolutely what we tell ourselves, you know, is it supporting us? Is it helping us in those moments? Is it freaking us out? Um, support networks that you talked about is so, so key. And I like that you said just, you know, in and outside the workplace as well because it's great to have those professional networks and support systems but also, like you said, at home, those people that really know you way past all of that that maybe don't even understand or know your industry in the same way that just can support you and be that positive, uh, you know, support system for you is really, really key. You you mentioned then coaching, so thank you for sharing that, but you've obviously had coaching, mentoring advice throughout your career in lots of different ways. Is there like a standout piece of advice that anyone has ever said to you, shared with you, or that you've heard from someone else that's really just sort of stuck with you or that you would like to share with our audience? Um, I've got two pieces of advice. I'm going to sound repetitive, but the first one is to do something that you love. If you are going to stick to a profession and you're hoping to stay there until retirement, um, you really should be doing something that you enjoy and you don't need to wake up every day and think, yay, but it has to be something that um, inspires you at least. 
And the second piece of advice would be to network. So I got out of university and I thought if I kept my head down, worked really hard, did a good job, I would just automatically be loved by everyone, given promotion and pay rises and tapped on the shoulder. And that is really not how the world works. So networks are so important and I recommend, and this is recommended by me, by this recommended to me, that you go out, go to events, meet like-minded people, find mentors, find sponsors, make friends at work, um, just get yourself out there Uh, because when people are picking teams for their projects, they'll automatically, their minds will go to the person who was speaking to them at that function, who was sitting next to them during that meeting, who spoke up, who chatted to them in the elevator, um, rather than the person who is sitting in the corner just working away. And that's not necessarily fair, but that's the way the world works. Yeah. Such a powerful tip. And I, like you did, had to learn that the hard way. And so many women, especially that I work with, will say what you just said, Ben, some version of, you know, I work really hard. I'm really good at what I do. I get great feedback. But then many of them will have stories of being overlooked for opportunities or whatever it is. And a lot of it comes back to this network. Because like you said, people choose to work with people that are top of mind, people that they know. And if you're quietly working really, really hard behind the scenes, people might not just think of you in those moments. So the more people that you're connected with that know you, that can vouch for you, um, absolutely key. And I, I really liked your tip around, you know, if you want a sustainable career that you're going to enjoy for a long time, you need to work out what you enjoy doing, what inspires you, what you love doing. So great tips. If you had one more tip, Belinda, in terms of a practical tip or suggestion to help other women either boost their performance or build a successful and fulfilling career that they love, what would one more of your tips be? My Last tip would be to stand up for yourself and advocate for yourself because nobody's going to do it. If you've done something amazing, uh, just shout it to the heavens. Let everyone know. Um, There's no reason to be humble about it. And a lot of people, this will sound bad, but, but men don't feel that need to make themselves little. Um, and they're happy to to sell themselves and they're happy to let people know about their achievements and how well they're going and there's nothing wrong with that and we should be doing that as well. Don't put up with um, bullying or inappropriate behaviour. Respect yourself. Um, You're never trapped. You should always stand up and say when something's wrong and you don't think you're being treated the way that you should be. Um, and part of that is also don't give up you're always tougher than you think Mm. you said lots of great things in there Belinda I love the one about standing up for yourself and kind of respecting yourself whether that be whether an environment's not right anymore whether something's happening like you know yeah believe in yourself respect yourself support yourself and that sense of what you said again about you know a lot of women think that be humble the hard work will speak for itself. There's nothing wrong with sharing and communicating some of your wins, you know. It's not arrogant. How do people know if we don't tell them when you've achieved great things? 
you know, share that so people are aware of it. So I love those tips. So one of the things, Belinda, I love asking all my guests because I'm a huge fan of kind of inspirational quotes. Do you have a quote or a mantra that you use to pick yourself up when the going gets tough or that you've posted on your wall or that you have on a post-it note near your desk? And if so, I'd love you to tell me what it is. Okay, so I'm a huge fan of Shakespeare and A Midsummer Night's Dream. And there's a particular quote from there that my father-in-law read out at my wedding because he knows I'm a fan, and it's, though she be but little, she's fierce. And I think that sends a message to whoever hears it that it doesn't matter who you are or what you look like. You can have that fire inside and you can be whoever you want. Oh, I really, really, really like that quote. So thank you so much for coming on the show today, Belinda. I guess in closing, Tell our listeners more where they can find out about some of those great networks you mentioned. I'll obviously include your links to, um, you know, LinkedIn and other things like that so people can connect with you personally. But tell us a little bit about those networks in closing and where people can go to find out more. Okay. Um, So I'm the WA president of the Asian Australian Lawyers Association. So it's an all-inclusive organisation. So you don't have to be an Asian Australian to join. You just have to want to celebrate cultural diversity, want to see it at all levels of the legal profession. And if you're interested in legal developments in Asia and law firms in Asia and making connections in the region, that's also the organisation for you. Um, and I'll provide you with a link, Shona. Um, yeah, sure. I'm, also, I'm also part of the Lighthouse Club, uh, which it's, it's a group of construction professionals, so not just lawyers or architects, quantity surveyors, engineers, um, just anyone who's involved in construction, energy and resources projects. And we get together to network and while we're networking, we raise money primarily for scholarships for uh, younger people facing educational disadvantage. So The money will go to schools, to scholarships, um, to study mostly construction-related degrees. Um, So Mm -hmm. it all ties in together. It's a circle of life. Um, I'm also a member of the Society of Construction Law Australia. Um, So if you want to keep up to date with the changing law around um, projects in Australia, that's the place to sign up. There's a constant stream of articles, uh, videos, CPDs, um, just you cannot get behind on developments if you're part of this organisation and it's also a great way to meet people with the same interests. So if you're a bit of a case law boffin as well, (laughs) uh, (laughs) uh, there are a lot of like-minded individuals there. Well, thank you so much for sharing this, Belinda, and for being on the show today. I've really enjoyed our conversation as always, and I can't wait to share lots of your practical tips and wisdom with our audience. So keep up the great work, Belinda, and I really look forward to staying in touch. Thanks, Shona. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks so much for listening to the Psychology of Successful Women podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button or go to psychologyofsuccessfulwomen.com to download our free ebook and access a bunch of other resources. See you on the next episode.